On this Saturday morning, McMonagle here with you. I got you for three hours, taking you all the way to 5 o'clock. Richard Neer will come your way then. Let's go. What a weekend to be alive, baby. We got football coming up on Sunday and Monday. About as big a giant game as we've had in forever. Jets coming off a miraculous win. And we got baseball teams who are inching ever so close to division titles. The Yankees' magic number is now four after a win in the Bronx last night. I was there in the building. No 61st home run, unfortunately. We'll get into that. We'll get into Judge the Chase. We'll get into the awkwardness in the crowd because you are confused, Yankee fans, especially those in the building. Do they want to win the game? Do you want to make sure Judge gets up again? It's an awkward situation. All of you should be rooting for wins. That's how we do it here. As they are four, magic number is now four, but the Mets... The Metsies taking care of business in Oakland, beating bad teams. And you know what? We're tired of saying it. We don't have to say it anymore. You know, we said it over and over again. You know what the phrase is that we've been saying forever? Over and over and over again. Every time the Mets would win a game, every time the Mets would play well, every time the Mets would lose a game, every time the Mets would play poorly, every time it came down to the balance in, in the game, it would be, well, this better come through because the Braves never lose. The Braves don't lose. We've said it over and over again. Well, they have lost three in a row. They got pounded by Philadelphia. Nine to one. They've lost three in a row. They can't score runs. Acuna's back is acting up. And the New York Mets are starting to separate themselves with a dominant win in Oakland. Bassett again pitching fantastic into the eighth inning. His 15th win of the season. They're beating up on bad teams. They're playing good baseball. Escobar has gotten hot here in September, hit another, hit a grand slam. We've seen grand slams all weekend. Everyone's hitting grand slams, Mets and Yankees. But the Mets pound a terrible team. Nimbo looks good after getting banged up in the uh, with the quad the other game. McNeil looks good after getting banged up in the outfield the other day. So those two question marks answered. Vientes even coming through with some hits. The Mets are doing exactly what they should do and taking advantage, and now are up two games in the loss column against the, shall we say it again, the never-lose Braves, although they've lost now three in a row. And they've got another two games against the bad Oakland team, then a two-game set against Miami with a couple of off days mixed in, and they are primed to be heading into a weekend series against the Atlanta Braves with this division. And this pennant race is going to be on the line. And right now they are two games up in the loss column playing good baseball with their pitching set completely set, their, their rotation set up for that series. And the Braves probably, probably playing their worst baseball since they got hot in June. The never-lose Braves are in trouble right now as they're getting pounded in Philadelphia, lost the last game of a Washington series, lost the first game one, the first game against Philadelphia 1-0, and they get absolutely pounded. Mets fans for Phillies. That high pitch stuff hurts me. <clears throat> it's a long day. You know how long I've been up? You expect me to come out the gate with that high pitch sound? I don't know if I can do it. But man, oh man, as both teams right now have taken steps closer. And we talked about what we needed to see from the Mets as they were heading into that 
weekend, where they want to be. Where do you want to be in the standings as you approach that series? A series against the Braves where you've played well against the Braves. Really, no one else has. The last time, the Phillies have done a good job the last two games here because the the last set, the Braves absolutely walked all over Philadelphia and the, and the Phillies didn't do you a single favor. Played terrible against Atlanta, got swept in the series, and now for the first two games of this series have taken care of business and done the Mets a favor. Now two games up in the loss column, looking like worst-case scenario, that's probably where you're going to be heading into a weekend set. It's important to get these next four games for the Mets. These next four games for the New York Mets heading into that weekend series are going to be huge because if you can head into that series against the Braves – With your rotation lined up, the way it's going to be lined up, where you're going to get Bassett, you're going to get Scherzer, you're going to get DeGrom, you're going to get the three guys in that rotation, only needing one game to win the tiebreaker, and we've talked about this a lot, there is no more game 163. Tiebreakers are the head-to-head, that's it. So if they're only one win away against the Braves in that series from taking the season series, taking the tiebreaker, if they go up in that if they go into that series up to knowing all they need is one for the tiebreaker, knowing they've got those three pitchers lined up in a big series, right now the Mets are looking like they can put a stranglehold on this division the last week heading in. That's where you want to be right now heading into that series. Keep it up. Win these next four games, and no matter what the Braves do, you're up two games in the loss column heading into that series, only really needing the one game. If you head into that series with with the two game in the loss column lead, all you have to do to feel good about this division as you get past the Braves to the final time is win one of those three games, and you've got your best three pitchers lined up to do it. You got DeGrom, the best pitcher in the world. Scherzer right behind him, who's coming off his first start back from the IL, you know, throwing a perfect game before having to get taken out. And Bassett, who's been as steady and reliable a pitcher as you have. So the Metsies are in good shape right now, feeling good. For a Met fan, you have to be thrilled about where you are right now. Thrilled. Thrilled that you're on pace to win 100 games for the first time since 1988 on pace to win this division, on pace to set up the biggest series of the season next weekend, looking like all you have to do is head into there and take one out of three to feel really confident about where you are in the division. And that's about as good as you could have asked as you've been going through nightly basis scoreboard watching, watching the watching the Braves just kick the tar out of everybody. Uh, they've stubbed their toe the last three games and set it up for an important weekend where the Mets will only have to do the minimal amount of winning one out of three. And then you get to the Yankees, and I was in the building last night for this game against the Red Sox with Cole on the mound, and I got to get to Cole here. Look, we all know it's a these games aren't that important right now. The Toronto Blue Jays lose again to Tampa Bay. Both those two teams are now tied. I think it's nine games in the loss column. The Yankees have an, uh, a magic number of four. The division's over. We can finally say it, Yankee fans, have no fear. The division is over. The Yankees are going to win the American League East. The Yankees are going to have the second-best record in the league. They're going to have a bye, and they're they're going to be waiting for the Cleveland Guardians and whichever wild-card team between Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Seattle end up playing Cleveland. That's what the series you're going to be waiting to see, who moves on to the ALDS to play the Yankees. That's pretty much set. 
So the game last night obviously has mostly about is Judge going to hit the 61st home run? The 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 tension in the building and the feeling in the building was awesome. I was able to leave early. I'm sure I'm apparently Evan, you know, killed me or said I have to take losses in my picks whatever. I had to leave Evan, you get it. Someone who goes every single night to the game and begs me to make sure we can line up the brakes so we can get out of here early. He's got some nerve. But I was there for the first pitch. I was there for the first at bat of judge. The the atmosphere has been incredible. Everyone's standing the entire uh, at bat. Uh, unfortunately, he was unable to come through. He did get a base hit. He is still chasing down a triple crown, believe it or not, people. But the games don't mean as much as this team fine-tuning. Yes, there's the home run chase. Yes, there's the individual stuff for Aaron Judge. We get it. We all understand that's why most of the people are in the building. That's why people were confused at the end of the game whether or not they wanted the Yankees to actually win this thing or they wanted the, the Red Sox to tie it up in the ninth so Judge would have to come up in the ninth. It was an awkward feeling. I mean, not for me. I want them to win the game. But then you could tell this chatter, oh, people doing math. Every inning, people are like, all right, so if they get two guys on and then next inning they can just get one guy on, he should come up another two times in the next three. Like, it's just that's, that's everyone's doing the math to see how many times Judge can get up. And then in the end of the game, there's actually a feeling in the – you could sense that everybody was – you know, the game's not that important. Always want to beat the Red Sox. You know, don't feel totally comfortable until they do win this division. But it's all about getting to judge. I get that. It's all about the triple crown and the home run but it's uh, and the, the home run chase. But it's about fine-tuning this team and getting it ready for the postseason. Getting the guys healthy. Getting Bader, who's now meant so much to this team over the, the last handful of games. He's been – even in a game he doesn't start, he comes in, gets a walk – you know, gets picked off but gets lucky because the Red Sox throw it away. He's done little things to impact this team. Base running, hitting his first game, fielding. He looks tremendous in center field. He's doing something in center field I've never seen before. He, The lateral movement he gives to get around a baseball, to, to get into a position to make a throw, uh, it's all outfielders do it, but it's just it, watching him do it, it looks different. And we all know how much we hated the Montgomery trade, but he looks like he's come through and come into this team and made an immediate impact in a myriad of different ways. Winning baseball, getting great reads on singles to score from second base, all that. So you get guys like Bader coming back healthy. You get guys like Rizzo coming back healthy. Stanton with grand slams. Hopefully he can get his swing together. You know, that kind of stuff. But it's also about the pitching staff, the back end of the bullpen. Loisega comes through with two innings last night for the save and to close off that game. But we got to get to Cole here because last night I've been a Cole defender, no doubt about it. I think Cole is a great pitcher. I think it's a little overblown how unreliable or how much lack of faith this fan base has in him. But last night was embarrassing for him. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. It's not the biggest game in the world. Again, I don't even care that he blew the lead so much other than I want him to get on track. But the way he handled himself last night, everyone talks about He's not an ace. That's all you hear. He's not an ace. He's not an ace. Well, I'll, I, for the first time, I have to admit, it is very un-ace-like. I know someone showed a clip of CC Sabathia getting mad at an umpire. That's fine. It is very un-ace-like for me to see the guy who makes $36 million, who's the front of your staff, who's the leader of your staff, who's your game one starter come postseason time, who's your man, who's the Brian Cashman's white whale been trying to get for years, the guy who came here to bring a championship. That was the missing piece, was that true ace. They bring him here. 
He gives up a three-run lead right after they get it. They get it in the, the bottom of the fifth, top of the sixth. He gives up the lead again with another home run. He leads the world in giving up home runs. He gets a close call, and now I've seen it at the stadium. You couldn't tell. It looked, you know, any, anything where the catcher doesn't move the glove too much looks like a strike from where we're sitting in the stands. It's a very close pitch. It could have went either way to uh, to Verdugo. But he doesn't get that call, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting in this. This is this is how I know that maybe I'm not as confident in Garrett Cole as I as I feel like I am at most times because I'm sitting there. He doesn't get that call. You can sense the reaction, and I immediately say to myself, I don't like this. Immediately. Because he didn't get that call, I felt like this is not good. These are the, this is the kind of stuff that affects him, and he's going to throw a bad pitch here. I felt it in my bones. The Yankees get the lead in the bottom of the fifth. Gleyber Torres with the ball down the line. They're up three runs in the sixth inning. You know where his pitch count is. Get through that inning and give up a zero, and he felt like he did it. And he threw a good pitch. It could have went either way. It was called a ball. And then he follows that up with a fastball down the middle. He gives up a home run. Blows the lead. Strikes out the next hitter. And then walking off the mound, knowing his game is is, his his evening is over. He's going to walk into the clubhouse. It's over. He throws a hissy fit and a tantrum. Starts screaming at the umpire and gets thrown out. That is not an ace. All right? I'll finally say it. I was frustrated watching that. Giving up that home run, walking off the field on a game you know you're out of already. It's so easy to just, you know, throw a little fit. He gets the manager thrown out too, and Boone has to come out and, you know, defend him. The pitch wasn't right down the middle. It was a borderline pitch. Yes, it could have been called a strike. But to let that affect you so where the next pitch you throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, albeit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, I get it, right down the middle to give up the lead, which he has a tendency to do. Not only give up home runs, but not hold leads. If this game meant something, you take the lead 3-0, you need a zero from your guy the next inning, from your ace, your $36 million man. Instead, he gives up a three-run home run and then throws a tantrum walking off the field. I thought it was my son out there. I'm sorry. I was embarrassed for him in that moment. It looks weak. It looks weak. You let a bad call affect you. You give up the lead. And then knowing you're out of the game anyway, you throw a little hissy fit. And he talked about in the post game, he's got to get his emotions together, whatever. That's nonsense. That was absolute garbage from Gary Cole. Absolute garbage. Now, I still have faith in him as a pitcher. I still look at him and I see a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I see the stuff. I see the swings. He also, as we say, he leads the world in giving up home runs. He also leads the world in strikeouts. He leads the American League in strikeouts. He's going. He's probably going to break the Yankees' strikeout record for most ever in a, in a season, eclipsing uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Lightning and Ron Guidry. He's going to strike out a ton of guys. He's got good stuff. He throws the ball 100 miles an hour. He makes every single start. He gives you plenty of innings. He's not the echelon of the top of the cream. He's the cream of the crop. He's just not. He's not the Grom. He's not Scherzer. He's not Verlander. He's in that group right below. And this year he has a tendency of giving up home runs. And this this year has not been good for him. He's got a three and a half ERA or whatever it is. It's not ace-like. That's fine. I still have confidence in him. But here's where it's at. 
All right, moving forward with Garrett Cole, we can put that beside us. I've, I've talked about how he embarrassed me last night, how he embarrassed himself. We move on. Moving forward, if he would have shut down the Red Sox, nobody would have had uber confidence with him going forward. This is about the postseason. He's going to fall in to the category that countless Yankees have fallen into over the last handful of years. A subpar year, an average year, whatever, their season is going to be based on how they perform in the postseason. And whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, he has been good in the postseason, both in his career and with the Yankees. He had a terrible start in Fenway for the wildcard game. Absolutely spit the bit last year. But for the most, in 2020, he was very good for the Yankees. Very good. Won a game against Cleveland, one game one against Tampa, and then on short rest in game five, gave them six innings of one run baseball. He has been good overall in the postseason, in his career and with the Yankees. But this season is now predicated on what he does in the postseason. That's it. Sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes it's a curse. Sometimes you have a brilliant, wonderful season, maybe like Aaron Judge. Knock on wood, I hope this isn't the case. But Aaron Judge can have this phenomenal year. If he goes over in the postseason, we're not going to be pleased with him. And Garrett Cole right now is going to have an opportunity to go into the postseason and pitch like an ace, and we'll forget moments like this, and we'll forget how many home runs he gave up, and we'll forget the temper tantrums walking off the field, and we'll forget his problems in Fenway, and we'll forget all of it, his, how he sounds like Kermit the Frog. We'll forget all of it if he goes out there and he gives you vintage Cole in the postseason. And we can talk about whether he should be the game one starter or the game two starter. It doesn't matter. He's got to pitch well. I think you can make a case, especially with the way the days are lined off and the schedule is lined up for the ALDS, that you could put him at game two. It sets him up in a position to be the guy game five on short rest. We can get into that if you'd like, but it doesn't matter. I think the Yankees are going to throw him game one, but that doesn't matter. He needs to go out there and dominate. And whether it's against Toronto, Cleveland, Tampa, Seattle, it doesn't matter. Whether he's going against Verlander, Luis Castillo, uh, you know, whoever. He needs to go out there and give the Yankees a dominant start and an opportunity to win a postseason game. That's it. His season has not been good. We can't re reevaluate it. We can't rehash it. I'm not going to litigate his season. It's not been up to snuff for a man who's supposed to be an ace making $36 million a year. It's not been good enough. But fortunate for him, he plays for the New York Yankees. They're going into a postseason, and this is all that's going to matter moving forward. So he better get his act together because he's two or three weeks away from important starts to, uh, to validate what he's paid, who he is, and what we're supposed to think about him. But last night, I was weak. It was weak walking off the mound getting thrown out. It was weak. For the first time, I really looked at him and said, that's not what aces do. 877-337-6666. But overall, it's been a nice little stretch of baseball here. We talked about it. The Mets, two games up in the loss column, feeling good, heading into a weekend with a terrible Oakland team, followed by a very bad Miami team looking for next weekend's big series against Atlanta, where now the Mets are beating up uh, winning four games against two bad teams away from guaranteeing themselves up two games in the loss column heading into that Braves series, possibly more with the way the Braves offense has been anemic over the last handful of games. And the Yankees are looking like they're ready to clinch this division any day now, and it's just a matter of when and will Judge hit 61-62 all the way to 74. 
highly unlikely. But we'll see where he lands. But that's where we are on this Saturday morning. We'll talk some baseball to get it going. We'll obviously get into the football. Got a big jet game against Cincinnati, who are looking to get back on track after uh, Super Bowl malaise, if you want to call it. The offensive line for them hasn't gotten any better than it was last year. They've struggled out of the, out of the gate. The Jets had a big win against them last year. I don't think, uh, unfortunately, I don't think the Jets are going to sneak up on Cincinnati here, considering the loss last year and the way they've gotten off to this year, uh, this season. I think it might be a tough day for the Jets. But we'll get into that. Giants play on Monday. We'll go around the league. I'll give you picks later in the show. But let's open it up. Yankees fans, Met fans, how are we feeling as these teams, two teams looking right now like two division winners in New York?